podcast with me phil and me paul and on this week's show we'll be delving back into our series three retrospective and this week we're looking at the sweeping angels scary i suppose it ties in well for uh, halloween really the scary episode of blink but first let's have a little bit of news and now i suppose the uh sort of the big sort of news announced this week was the guests have been announced for the celebratory weekend at the london excel center uh, from yes. Friday the 22nd to Sunday the 24th of November. Uh, now, there's an awful lot of people to read through here, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not going to read through the whole lot. I think it's in everyone's interest that I don't do that, to be honest. So, certainly ours, I think. Uh, certainly. <laughs> but I, I, we'll just go through some of the, the more sort of pertinent people, I think, I'd say. Um, now... Please, I'll just go through the Sunday, because that's when we're going. Yeah, indeed, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah sod everything else. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's all we was looking at. Now, as was previously announced, uh, Matt Smith, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy will be there on all three days. Tom Baker will be there on just the Saturday. Uh, now we've actually got Peter Davison will now also be there for the entire uh, weekend. Caroline Ford and William Russell will be there for the Saturday only. And Waris Hussain will also be there on the Saturday only as well. Now... Um, now, I think some others that have been... Uh, I don't know have been previously announced uh, for all three days. You've got Dick Mills, uh, who was the, the uh, sound effects. Um, visual effects people, Mike Tucker and Matt Irvin. Yeah. As well. Now, across the three days, obviously you've got like cast members, old and new there. So, um, we'll go through, first of all, on the Friday. So, if you're going on the Friday, you can see Annika Wills, Richard Franklin, Matthew Waterhouse, Sarah Sutton, uh, Kate O'Mara. Obviously, <laughs> Fred, oh. Fresh from her success of a one-woman show at the, at the, at the Lady Will Tavern. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Terry Malloy, who you should know, uh, plays uh, Davros. Okay. And so for some of the older fans, you've got Gabriel Wolfe, who played Sutek. Yes. As well, so from uh, the Pyramids of Mars. Is he going to come with an extra arm to hold down his cushion? <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably need one now, did not he? <laughs> Piles. <laughs> that was in old age, didn't it? But... <laughs> Uh, and if you're on there on the Saturday, uh, you have Fraser Hines, Deborah Watling, Katie Manning, Louise Jameson, Janet Fielding, Nicola Bryant, Sophie Aldred, Daphne Ashbrook, uh, Jeffrey Beavers, and I think from the TV movie, and I hope I pronounced this guy's name properly, Yiji So, as well, who played Chang Lee from Doctor Who the movie, or The Enemy Within, as they've given it a name now, for some reason. Um, I think also Terence Dix will be there on yeah. the Saturday as well. So that's something to look for. Again, I'm missing Nicola Bryant. She yes. didn't turn up for that beer five. And it's just generally, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, I'm just missing Nicola Bryant. Or is it that restraining order she took out? I mean, I, I, it's one of the two. I don't, I'm not too yeah. sure. And on the Sunday, on the 24th of November... Yeah, that's why I wouldn't let us have tickets for Saturday. I think it might be, actually. <laughs> we personally rejected our... <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. I'm not going there. Right, OK, um... Well, so, like Wendy Pebbly slipped up as well, like, did she let us in on the Friday? She let us in on the Sunday, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I think it was actually um, my, uh, it was Stephen Thorne who, who made sure we got tickets that Sunday. I think he's going to take us to task of Omega's Tech Corner. <laughs> he's going to take us shopping for toys. 
Yes, um, the week on the day we're going to be there on Sunday the twenty fourth. Um, there's going to be Maureen O'Brien, Peter Purvis, Wendy Pabry, John Leeson, Lala Wald, Mark Strickson, Bonnie Langford, Julian Glover. Now that's that's a good one, Julian Glover. Uh, Stephen Thorne, as previously mentioned, and Michael Kilgariff. Uh, you should know play the cyber controller and also the robot in Robot hmm. as well. Um, now another one who should be familiar to sort of like fans of Jerry Anderson work as well as well as Doctor Who. David Graham will also be there. He did a lot of the Dalek voices in the Hartnell era, as well as doing the voice of Parker from Thunderbirds, amongst many. Yes. So and yeah. Andrew Cartmel can say sorry to you again, can't he? <laughs> yes, yes, because the last time we saw Andrew Cartman, he bumped into me in the foyer at the uh, BFI and said and said sorry to me, even though it was actually me that bumped into him. Because <laughs> I was texting at the time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to stay out of the way of Andrew Cartman, he was texting. Exactly. <laughs> I was actually texting Nicola Bryant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I got distracted. I can't keep some of those photographs of myself. I just... <laughs> I'll go to prison. I've got to stop doing it. I need help. I need help. <laughs> Just have to leave the country quickly, won't you? Indeed, I will. Indeed, I will. Um, now, th- I mean, this is shaping up to be a very, very good weekend, and, a, and I think a, a good roster of guests, to be honest. Yes. A very, very good roster of guests. And I'm glad to see it's the. It's, it's, well, really, it's really sort of like the. What's now classed as the original series. It's been very well represented. Yeah. I mean, it is more that, it seems, than. The current, isn't it? It is. It is, and well, well it should be because it's you know it's a celebration of fifty years of the Doctor, not just a celebration of the show since two thousand and five. And to be honest, we sort of had that last year, didn't they? They did Cardiff. So yeah, that that really was a celebration of the, the new series, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's... it is interesting. Though. They now also seem to have woken up to the fact that people on the Saturday might actually want to watch the episode. Yes, that's going out that evening. That's it, because the other thing that ties in with this announcement of all the guests is they're going to be showing Day of the Doctor in a special 2D showing on the 23rd of November. However, uh, they're saying that um, there's going to be possible disappointment because there's a very, very limited amount of tickets because, I mean... I know the Excel. That's <laughs> Stephen Moffat's comment. It's that, uh, uh, different to his, it's going to be heartbreaking. It's going to be possible disappointment. Disappointments. Do you know what? He, he, he could just send that out, to be honest, because I think there will be a lot of disappointed people there. It's not what I wanted! Wah! It's all sort of start <laughs> screaming and stamping yeah. their feet and everything. Yeah, so because it's sort of like a very limited number of seats, basically they're going to be uh, issued on a first-come, first-served basis. So what they're going to do, they're going to email the Saturday attendees in the next few days or the next coming week or whatever, and um, you just apply for your tickets there. But if you miss out, you miss out. That's it. Yeah. Um, it just says why they couldn't have worked this one out when they was actually selling the tickets and actually sold the tickets and a opportunity to yeah it does seem to a screening little... at the same time on a first come first serve yeah basis. it does seem to be a little bit haphazard doesn't it and to wait until after the cinema showings have all basically sold out as well before you tell people going on the Saturday that you might not all be able to see it yeah. Yeah, because it does say um, on the sort of the Doctor Who News dot uh, net website, it said um, people who want to see it, if, if they can't get tickets for um, at the convention, I have to say they have to make alternative plans to watch it as it goes out if they can. Yeah, and I don't know what they if they can at the cinema or if they can get home in time. Yeah, to see it. Um, so yeah, it's a bit 
it's a bit weird. Uh, considering the size of the place, yeah, uh, they could have. Oh, you'd have thought they just more than one screen. Could, they could have even done a deal with a lo- local multiplex or something, and yeah, taken over to uh, rooms there for screenings. Yeah, they could have. There's, there's... People, you know, oh, well, it's buy tickets to that as part of your ticket. Well, obviously, we're not the ones arranging all this, so, yeah. I don't think anybody is. No, you're right. It does seem really, really, old. crikey, we forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, bit strange, bit strange. Now, um, another thing that ties in the 50th, Children Need, as we know, that's that's coming up, or for us in the UK anyway, we know that's coming up, um, I think, on the 15th of November. Yes. uh, This year. There's going to be a special preview clip of the Day of the Doctor, to be broadcast, um, but well, they seem that seems to be a regular thing now, doesn't it? There's also some yeah. sort of Doctor inclusion um, into Children in Need now, uh, but this time we don't know when it's going to be shown or anything. Um, they'll probably tell you on the night. I would have thought. Yeah, it's usually in about the first hour, isn't it? Usually, otherwise usually. it sort of misses its target audience. It's peak, it's peak time, really, isn't it? That first yeah. hour because people do do tend to sort of um, yeah watch the first bit and then. So I think they tune in again later on to watch all the news readers do their annual song and dance act. So, yeah. It's getting a bit That's stale a... now, this, isn't it, really, to be honest? Yeah. But, yeah. But, oh, well. It makes money. It's for, it, good, it's for good cause, indeed. Indeed. Let's not miss the point here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moaning about <laughs> Oh, dear. But anyway, yeah, so that's going to be shown. Um, and still, it looks like no news of a trailer. No. Um, which, now, I'm I'm more inclined to think now that uh, that sort of anniversary promo, I think it's not a trailer, I don't think you called them what we had a couple of weeks ago was a, a 50th anniversary trailer, it was like a promo thing. I still think that is actually the trailer, that is it, that is the trailer for the for the, the, the Doctor. Yeah, and I wouldn't be at all disappointed if that's all we get in advance. No, me neither. I actually don't want an official trailer for it. No. I really don't because he he says the day of the doctor right at the very end anyway. Then it comes up with the the title and the the date and everything. And so I think I actually do think that's it. I think that is the trailer. I don't know. I I, I think we'll get something. Hmm, I hope we don't. In the build up to the week before, we'll get something. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever's on. I hope they leave after, it after, that, after strictly the the week before. We'll definitely get something. Well, that that's uh, yeah. It could be. Could be. I hope not. I really do hope not, though. And I'm not trying to be like bar humbug. I'm just, I'm just, just from the point of view. I don't want to see anything to do with it now. I want it to be a complete surprise. And... Well, you started a campaign to stop them showing it on the 23rd, haven't you? I have actually. Yes. <laughs> you don't want the episode ever released. No, we've got. A, I've got a petition page set up on our website. <laughs> you just want the speculation to go on forever. So it's actually at www.hoosiepodcast.co.uk forward slash Phil's a miserable old bastard. <laughs> it's our usual address there. Yes. <laughs> oh, crocket. Let's move on. Let's move on. Now, um, last week uh, there was some lovely, and I think these are fantastic, some lovely retro posters uh, produced for an adventure in space and time, uh, yeah. which, you all, which you should all know by now is the... Uh, docudrama about the creation of Doctor Who, and I do. I think they look fantastic. They really do look fantastic, and I must say, uh, David Bradley is really looking the part as Hartnell. Yeah, they are absolutely fantastic. Now, um, I can't say that enough. They're fantastic. Um, 
Now, obviously, we don't know at the moment when it's going to be on the television, but all that the BBC Media Centre have apparently sort of put on there that it's 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 unplaced in the schedule for the week Saturday the sixteenth to Friday the twenty second. Yeah, but they say it's there. It's going to be the highlight of the week. I reckon probably wouldn't surprise me if it's the Friday night. Hmm, it would make sense, wouldn't it? A doctor because it's going to be part of the Doctor Who evening, isn't it, on BBC yeah. Two? And the fact that uh, other countries are showing it after on the yeah. Sunday or whatever like that, they won't want it to go out yeah. too soon. No, that's it. That week, that's because it. otherwise um, everyone would have seen it from around the world by the time yeah. it's shown on their own. Like, it says uh, ABC One Australia, for example. Um, they've been the first to announce the actual date and time where they're going to uh, broadcast an adventure in space and time, and yeah. they're showing it on Sunday, the twenty fourth of November at eight forty five p.m. Yeah. So, uh, but of course, let's not forget it's getting its premiere at the BFI on Tuesday, the twelfth of November. Yes. So, um, actually, what I'd like to say though, I know we sort of know the outcome of uh, <laughs> of what happens in this particular story, but if those of you are lucky enough to go to that premiere, keep it to yourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it is a point that we do all sort of know the end. We do sort of know, but you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's not a. Will it get a new series? <laughs> um. The big news: David Bradley's only signed on for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on to that sort of rumor later on. Actually, uh, yeah. now talking about the broadcast details. This is something we missed uh, last week because, obviously, as you would have guessed, our uh, last week's. Uh, commentary or part two of our commentary for the demons was pre-recorded so um the science of doctor who uh which is a uh, an hour-long program I think he's going to explain how we, how we, how we pre-recorded it yes the, <laughs> yes i got professor brian cox on balls <laughs> to, oh dear how can you not laugh at a man's surname's cox but there you are um so I'm, I'm not a big fan of professor brian cox i don't like his presenting <laughs> style i'm sorry i really don't but um now, that's going to be broadcast on Thursday, the 14th of November at 9pm on BBC Two. So mm. apparently it says, um, he takes an audience with the help of celebrity guests on a journey to the wonderful universe of the Doctor and a special recorded programme from the Lecture Theatre at the Royal Institute of Great Britain. Yeah. Yeah. And he said he's going to reveal the science behind the spectacle and explains the physics that allows the Doctor to travel through space and time. What, isn't it made up? <laughs> I was going to say, at 9.05, there'll be... Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a professor to tell me it's made up. <laughs> and if we do get any more um, any more news or the, any broadcast, it's because there's loads of um, radio stuff as well, isn't there? Yeah. Um, which I, I think some of it has been announced, but for life of me, I can't find it anywhere now. I just can't find the broadcast dates, but, um, but it looks like I'm going to miss some of this because I'm... Well, I'm going to be away for a week, so I'm, I'm going to miss that anyway. I'm going to miss this this program. Um, if there's anything else on that week, I'm going to miss that as well. So um, there we go. But they're, they're, putting, they're all scheduling it for that week. Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. So um, now I, I think to criticise us. Well, I think just to say because the next two podcasts, next week's and the week after, are pre-recorded, so when we're not going to be able to bring you any news items. So this is sort of like the last for uh, well for quite some time, actually, isn't it? Yes. To be honest. So we'll, we'll talk about that next week, I think, actually. Right, now, as I alluded to earlier on, with uh, David Bradley only staying for one episode, uh, in rumour news, we have, um, well, again, Peter Capaldi will only be staying for 13 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this was something I, I it was sort of, it went a, a sort of 
ran on Twitter a bit yesterday, and I found this on the not actually the Daily Express, but the Scottish Express. Ah, yes, it's, cast it's, iron then. Yeah. Obviously, it's in the national interest of Scotland to know this, obviously. <laughs> I was going to say, is, is, is the Scottish Express the same as the Flying Scotsman? Well, it might be. One's a paper, one's a steam engine. The, the two could be confused, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just goes on to say that uh, details of the Scott actor's contract were let slip by show boss Stephen Moffat. Uh, but then it doesn't actually go on to say anything about what he actually let slip. No. It's the biggest non-story I've ever read in my entire life, to be honest. And really, the whole the whole article just really goes on about what a great actor Peter Capaldi is. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the, the thing was they didn't. We we said this at the time, didn't we? They didn't say how long his contract was. Um, but you know, oh well, if it's only one year, it's only one year. It's only one year. That's, yeah, that's it. I mean, who, and it, it may be just cares? on the fact that if Moffat was only going to do one year, he wouldn't commit himself to more until he knew who was going to take over as showrunner to see whether he got on with them or even yeah. if the new showrunner wanted to actually have him as or wanted to bring his own doctor in yeah that's it I, I've got a feeling sort of Moffat will probably leave after the next series yeah I really do and maybe it's up to Capaldi whether he wants to stay or not yeah or like I say whoever takes over whether they want to start a complete fresh themselves yeah who knows who knows but you know it would be nice to oh no now the rumours are start. He's only got one year contract. Moffat's only staying a year. That's it. It's all over. Fact. <laughs> it's all fact. Oh, Next God. year, the last ever series. <laughs> oh, that'll, that'll happen. That'll happen. Um, I mean, come on. It's, you know, the guy hasn't sort of filmed his first episode yet and already they're saying, confirming he's leaving or, or trying to confirm that he's leaving. It's, yeah. This isn't even news, is it? No, it's not even news. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And um, as you say, if he does stay for thirteen episodes, fine. We, we, you know, it's great that you know he's actually fulfilled his dream. I think. Yeah. He's always wanted to be the Doctor. He's been a massive fan of the show, which makes me think that he won't leave after thirteen because he's waited all his life basically to do this. Yeah, but well, you just don't know, do you? And I think that's what I think. As we said before, he's got nothing left to prove, has he? No. So you know, it's, it's not as if he's sort of using this as a as a springboard to bigger things that, like, perhaps maybe uh, Tennant and Matt Smith have done. Yeah, he doesn't have to do that. He's been there, seen it, done it. He's an experienced actor, so maybe this is something he sort of feels is the right thing for him to do at his, his stage in his career. Yeah, who knows? Ah, uh, time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Anyway, that's it for the news this week. Uh, we've got no Amicus Tat Corner. It's a bit disappointing, really, because it's coming up to Christmas and. This has been a severe lack of tat. Yeah, as far as we can find. As far as any. we can find, anyway. I just can't be bothered to trawl through Forbidden Planet's really messy website, really, to see <laughs> to see what's new. It's in no particular order, is it, their website? Oh. But Ah, oh, well, so there we go. So coming up very shortly, then, is our review of Blink. So another, for another week, then, that was the news. Right then, everyone, it's time to go back into our Series 3 retrospective, and this time we're looking at the Stephen Moffat scripted story, Blink. Kathy! Kathy! Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. They are fast, faster than you could believe. Don't turn your back. Don't look away and don't blink. You're not looking at the statue. They're coming. Good luck. Don't you come! 
I am very, very sorry. It's up to you now. There is a world of time energy in there. They could feast on forever, but the damage they could do could switch off the sun. Okay then, Paul, you could go first. What do you think? Um, well, I think this follows on. This we're into the good bit of this series, aren't we? Mm, yeah, this particular series three bit. Um, and yeah, this is probably. I was gonna. I would have said undoubtedly my favourite of this series until actually I watched Human Nature again. <laughs> And I think, in retrospect, actually, I, I don't think I can actually pick between those these three. This actually CD in the box set is actually probably going to end up being the most used out of anything. I think I've got a Doctor Who. All right, okay, stuff. okay, yeah. And I just actually love this episode. Yeah, considering what it had, the constraints on what it had to do, it was just. It, I think I was going to say brilliant. Then I'm going to say brilliant. So yes, yes, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. It is an absolutely fantastic story, and. For a doctor, I think people sort of. I know at the time I certainly did. You know, another Doctor Light episode. Yeah. And you do tend to feel a little bit slightly sort of wary of those episodes when they go out because you you never know based on what what went before. Yes. With Doctor Light episodes, you never quite know what you're going to get with them, do you? No. Uh, Which I'm sure in time we're going to get to. We, yes. <laughs> You'll hear our opinion on those. Oh yes, indeed, indeed. As we go backwards, um, but. I mean, this was utterly fantastic. And quite honestly, yeah. it didn't have to be a Doctor Who story. No. I actually watched this and I sat down almost determinedly to, to say, yeah. right, I'm going to say I'm going to pick holes in the plot and whatever. And actually, you couldn't really. No. I couldn't, to be honest. Starting I, from the point that I, I, that I do like it and I, I was always going to say I like it, I thought, no, I'm actually going to see if I can actually now pick problems with it just to actually say on the podcast, which is a bit sad, but there you go. Yeah. And no. <laughs> no, I can't. I honestly can't. I really Considering can't. how complicated it is as well, well, in terms of what they're trying to do with it. That's what I was. That's one thing I was going to mention, actually. Not, not from, a, from a, a negative point of view, just the fact that there were so many things to bring together yeah through the use of like time travel because if you, if you don't tie up all the loose ends then then people will pick up on that and was like yeah. yes but it's very good but and then they will use that as the one thing to to bring the whole thing down and actually you know the, the central conversation and that so that that doesn't I, I reveal too much too soon with the with just the little snippets of it you see in advance yeah and b doesn't conflict with anything that should or shouldn't be known by then already. No, that's it. That's it. It, it just it was just really well written. I think that's. I think that it's one of those stories where, where the Moffat has written that you sort of you you look at what he's writing now, and you you're, think, what, when, I look, I look what he used to write, and, and using this as an, as an example, you know yeah. he, he is an absolutely fantastic writer. And you still think this is what you can do when he's got more time. Yeah, when he's not sort of being like the showrunner for two he's for two shows, trying to do too much is and whatever. Yeah, this is when he can just sit down and concentrate one episode. Got time to do it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I think this is why a lot of us wanted him to be take over a showrunner, wasn't it? It was, ba- I think, purely based on the the stuff he'd written. You know, like stuff like this and um, sort of the Doctor dances and science in the library, that sort of stuff. And uh, I've forgotten the one with Madame de Pompadour now, but um, Girl in the Fireplace. Girl in the Fireplace. That's it. Yeah. So it, yeah, it was those sort of stories that made people go, "Oh, he's so much better than RTD." 
Um, well, no, I mean, RTD did his, did his thing and it was successful. Yeah, I mean, and you you've know? got to say, you know, it's obviously, and he was working under the constraints that yeah. Moffat is now. Yeah. Of trying to be showrunner I mean, and both, trying to keep I mean, everything thinking. Well, that's is, it. Keep story arcs going as well as individual stories. And it was, it's it's yeah. his vision of the show, and I think that's the thing. Both writers have got their strengths; they've both got their weaknesses. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, it would have been actually. This also makes makes yeah. you think. Watching this makes you think. What it'd been interested to have, to have seen RTD do one do a story yeah. from off it without having the pressure to see. Yeah. Same here. How good that would have been. Exactly. Now, and, and also, we we sorry, I'll just keep butting. That's in right. Here. Go go. Um, and we've, I think we've just been talking about the fact of, is Moffat going to stay? How long is Moffat going to stay? Whatever it is, when he finishes, it'd be nice to, to see him come back and just write individual stories for whoever yeah. takes over in the future, whether it be the next person or the person after that, Yeah, if he wants a break. But well, certainly we want him to carry on writing. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, obviously, the thing about Blink, it was actually based on a story he did... Uh, it was the ninth Doctor story Moffat wrote for the Doctor Who annual, 2006. And it was called What I Did on My Christmas Holidays by Sally Sparrow. Um, apparently, it was I never read this, but apparently it's done in, the, in a like a, a homework essay from Sally Sparrow, who was only 12 years old in that version. Right. And she just encounters evidence that it says here, the Doctor's evidence uh, present, sorry, from the past in her aunt's house while visiting. Um, apparently, so, several elements were u- reused in the TV version of Blink like the stuff yeah. written under the wallpaper and stuff like that. And apparently the, the conversation between Sally and the Doctor that was on the DVD was done on a, on a pre-recorded video cassette. Yeah, that's putting it into place, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, time. exactly. So, um, yeah, it was... Um, apparently there was no Weeping Angels in that. It was just it was, just, it was a fault in the TARDIS that separated the Doctor um, and the TARDIS by 20 years or something. And yeah. He, and he instructs Sally how to bring him back to the into the past. So, um so he's taken. So yeah, he's had the the outline there for you know for a while. Yeah. But then if you read that and then and then look up what you've actually had to watch as part of series three, there's quite a big difference there. You, I mean, you really did rework that. Yeah. I mean, just but it just was the whole thing with the Weeping Angels, wasn't it? And the yeah. impact they made in this episode. An absolutely massive impact at the time. I know they still sort of do top the. Uh, if they ever do like a poll of the, you know, the scariest monsters, they, yeah. and it's, it's always that thing of, well, whatever's in the public eye currently, that's what will always be top of a poll. Yeah. And these always like come to the, even beat the Daleks now. Um, but if you think back to what they were before, they actually, they haven't been overused the weeping angels to no. be honest, but I think their, their actual, uh, can I put it their sort of impact? Yeah. I don't think they've ever been scarier than this. No, definitely not. Definitely um, not. Just, just, just for how they was used. Yeah, it was this. that whole thing that was silent killers, and I know sort of you got to um, Forest of the Dead. He sort of gave them a voice, didn't he? Through um, Bob. Forest of the Dead wasn't. Oh no! What am I talking about? What am I t- uh, You're thinking flesh and stone? Flesh and stone. What am I talking about? Christ's sake! Um, that, no, that was the Vash Narada. Sorry. Yes. Um, yeah. Crikey! It's early in the morning. For God's sake. I'm allowed to have a, I'm allowed to have a lapse of concentration. I was almost going to just let that go and see if anyone noticed. Then I no, thought, yeah, no, 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 no. will. I'll be hung, <laughs> hung, drawn, and quartered at this mm. rate. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Uh, Flesh and Stone. Yeah, um, he sort of gave them a voice in that, and that yeah. did, it did sort of kind of lessen their impact a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've totally still enjoyed that those two episodes. Oh as yeah, well, as we've discussed. But 
yeah, I think they're just their impacts on this and to how they're used. And almost you almost get it as in like stills when they're attacking was just yeah. well so well done. Yeah, indeed. It's the, it's the use of as you say it's it's a it's a cheap effect but very very effective. Yeah. You know, sort of pardon silly pun there, but um it is and also the use of sound as well that sort of uh, I can put it's like a I don't know. I have to describe the sound when they do the like when you have, when you say you get the stills and getting closer and closer and the, and their positions change. So in, in sort of like if you blink or the lights go out briefly, and it's almost like a um, I can describe like a a camera shutter, really, isn't it? Yeah. If, if it's, it's that sort of effect, um, yeah, I, I, it's great. I think it's great. It was really well done, and also like uh, Kerry Mulligan. Sally's, but I think she she carried this episode really, really well, and I'm not surprised that people were at the time going Sally Sparrow for the next companion. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it had to be, didn't it? I mean, if if her performance wasn't any good, the whole thing fell apart because yeah. she had to carry it. Yeah, and she was great. I mean, she's I mean, she really has gone on to bigger and better things now, Kerry Mulligan. So um, I don't think we'll ever see her back in Doctor Who, but you know, no. never say never, but. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame she wasn't um, sort of signed up, really. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's just it's how it goes. It? But there, there again, I don't know. It just probably then makes the impact of this even better. But the fact that it was a one-off. Yeah. And I actually want to go back to sort of like the, some of the time travel stuff. So I think the um, the Billy Shipton, the I or the Detective Inspector Billy Shipton. Uh, I thought that was so well done with him as, as the old man in, in the hospital bed. Yeah, at the end, I actually did find that to be quite a moving, moving scene when he when he sort of goes on about when he said I've only got until like till the rain stops. Mm. Yeah, and he sort of goes on about he sort of really he just sort of dawns on him that that moment he's he's because he last saw oh, he saw Sally who's obviously a young man. Yeah, and the next time he sees her, he's sort of an old man on his deathbed, and just when he says look at look at these hands, how do they get so old and stuff like that? It was actually quite quite moving. I thought yeah. actually. I- what it was, yeah. For what you consider on this is to be quite a, a reasonably fast-paced episode. Yeah. Um, it does have quite touching moments. And, I mean, actually, the whole point about the fact of when she first meets him and that jokey conversation and everything about going out on a date and all that. Yeah. So then be able to just then... The next scene is virtually his death scene as an old man. Yeah, that's right. That's just right. really... Puts it, into context what what is happening here with people. Oh God, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was just such a, a, a as you say, it, it was um, it was well written enough to you could have that sort of scene in it. Yeah, where you could just slow it down just for a bit. And it and need, then, it, and, and yeah, because it then makes what happens then the later on even more um, seem even quicker. You know, the pace of it just changes. Then yeah, that's it. Now they do say that. Um, I'm sort of reading the. I was about to say that sentence got away from me. A it bit did a little bit, well. actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was going to say <laughs> it will make sense eventually. Um, <laughs> the um, apparently they wanted. No, I won't pronounce this guy's name. The actor who played young uh, Billy Shipton, Michael Obiora, they wanted him to play the young and old versions. Yeah, of him, but they fortunately they decided that it would have looked too fake. Yeah, so they got um, Lewis Mahoney in to, to play the older version, which I thought was a really. That was the best thing to do. Yeah, that really was the best thing to do because um, 
I think he played that. Lewis Mahoney played the old, the older Billy, fantastically. I really did, and, and so he did have a lot of screen time. But I think yeah. he made he made a good impact. But actually, you know, saying watching the commentary, Stephen Moffat saying that they then the the young one then had to go back and re-record all his lines. Yeah, to match the voice. Yeah, the older because they'd filmed his first, and then decided that the voices didn't match. Yeah, because apparently um, Michael Biora has got quite a, a thick London accent. Yeah, and so, the fact is, yeah. actually, I didn't necessarily know, I didn't notice that until I, it was pointed out to me. What it was, it was dubbed. Yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. So I mean, it has to be said that was well done as well. It was. It was. It was. I think everything. Uh, they then well actually done. went back and took time to actually say, "No, come on, let's just let's have a go at trying to do this." Yeah. There was actually another thing in this as well that's again uh, something to do with the Billy Shipton character remarks about the uh, sort of like about the police box they they've got there, and so well, the phones are dumb in the windows are the wrong size. Yeah. Now apparently that was um, a little in joke aimed at the Outpost Gallifrey forum. Yeah. Where it's got endless discussions of um, the, the dimensions of the TARDIS. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean that was quite a, a, a good little thing. To do as well. I think that was back in the days when Stephen Moffat used to free, uh, you know, frequent Outpost Gallifrey. Yeah, <laughs> when, he, when he probably didn't feel that he had to hide from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just wanted to look at loads of abuse of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> now the other thing obviously comes up in this as well is the the, the phrase that's now well known: "Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey." Yeah. Um, okay, it worked there, but it's, it's sort of become overused now, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's sort of become the Doctor's thing to say. Uh, and at the time, it, it was again that that obviously it made, that line itself made an impact. Yeah. Uh, but I think now it's become a little bit overused as just sort of like it's used now as a get out of having to explain anything. Yeah, I mean, which which it made sense in this because yeah. he's only got a limited amount of time to tell them what's happening. That's right. So there's no there's no excuse to use it now, really, is there? No. But. Uh, now, that's something else I noticed as well, because you, you never played the um, the Doctor Adventure games, did you? The, the no. free download games. There's an awful lot of music in those games lifted directly out of this episode, I noticed. Some, some, yeah. some of the, the, especially the uh, opening music when Sally Sparrow's breaking into the breaking into the house, where she's okay. climbing over the gate, and this is creepy music, and that's used a lot in the Adventure games. I was going to say, not surprisingly, though, because the music in this actually does... Fits it perfectly, doesn't it? I think this is some of Marigold's best work. Yeah, to be honest, because I, I wasn't sort of accused of his music being a little bit bombastic when it didn't doesn't have to be, or when it, or it's not warranted. And I think in in this he he gets it just right. Yeah, I really do think he gets it just right. Well, I, I think probably because he's given a central theme and yeah. then can do it within versions of that throughout the the the, the episode. Yeah, that's it. No, I thought it was it was absolutely fantastic. Um, there was there was a couple of other things as well. Uh, back, back to the actors, um, Finley Robertson, who played Larry Nightingale. I don't know if you remember Paul. He was the man for those bloody awful Halifax adverts. You know when they did those adverts with yeah. the? Um, I think people can remember at home actually, especially in the UK anyway. Uh, when they had the, that Halifax radio station, the Isa Isa Baby one. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was in that bloody awful ever, and that's the only thing I've actually seen him in apart from apart from this, which is odd. Yeah, exactly. Um, now someone else, I thought I, re- I 
I recognise your face. And I've, this, I've seen him in other things before. Richard Kent, who played Malcolm Wainwright, who was uh, Kathy Nightingale's grandson. Son, yeah. Yeah. Now, Richard Kent. Now, that should, name should be, the surname should be familiar. He's Brian Kent's son. Right. Uh, now, also, Brian Kent has also been in Doctor Who as well. I think he was in, uh, was it the Dominators and the Daleks Master Plan, I believe. He was in, so yeah, another sort of like link to uh, old Doctor Who there. But, but I, I just never because I, I have seen Richard Cat and other things before, and it's not until I saw his name on the screen at the end, I thought, crikey, he really does look like his dad. Yeah, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. But I was just surprised to see he, no, he actually, to, yeah, actually was Brian Cannon's son. But oh dear, that's another hero from our childhood there, but, Brian Cannon. Yes, definitely. But uh, I think I've read the other day he's got Alzheimer's now. Right, that's a shame. Brian Kent, yeah, he's definitely, yeah, definitely a shame because he he really was like a big, big hero from uh, from our childhood. There, it's the amount of things he did um, for children's TV, fantastic. Yeah. But uh, anyway, this isn't a, a, a sort of like <laughs> reminiscing about our childhood here. Um, yes, yeah, so we've come back in time as well. We have, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, so, yeah, yeah, if we ever touched by an angel, the first thing we do is rush, rush on and put on Trumpton on the telly. On <laughs> old episode of Play Away or something. Yes. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah. I, I think the, the one, the other thing, just the final thing for me, really, it still amazes me that the Weeping Angels themselves are actually just people holding a pose. Yeah, you know, they're not sort of like you know resin cast or anything. They're actually, sort of people made up to look like angels, and it's such an effective thing to do yeah it really is effective um and i mean f- full marks to the makeup crew yeah because I, I never realized it at the time until i watched that um what well, used to be back then the doctor confidential that accompanied it at the time then you realize that actually there's actually actresses under there yeah i mean, it, it is because you just think oh it'd be so easy because obviously you've got a non-moving yeah thing to have done it by obviously as you say casts and whatever yeah uh, no, yeah. I suppose, I suppose it just gives them a bit more flexibility, if that's not a odd word to use. No, that's it. <laughs> in terms of what they want to do. Yeah. You don't have to have them made up months in advance. No, Designs right. made up months in advance and then get them set and find, ah, actually that doesn't quite work. Quite work, yeah, indeed. Location. Indeed. So. Now, actually, there's just one last thing, and it's the, um, it's the seed that... Stephen Moffat plants in the in the minds of children. After this, we get the 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 close-ups of all the different statues, and you get the doctors sort of like going, you know, don't blink. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't don't turn your back on it. And it's just sort of that thing of like take it's that thing of taking the everyday and making it scary. Yeah. And it's just that, and ending the episode on that as well. If if you're like a like a a small child watching that, you're never going to look at a statue in the same way again, are you? No. Because it, it's things like the Daleks and everything. You're not going to come across one of them anywhere, you know. But a statue or a gargoyle, yeah, that's an everyday object, and he's he's made that scary. So it, it was. Well, uh, and, it, and it's something that he quite likes doing, isn't it? Because his next one was the basically the shadows. Shadows, indeed. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I think if anyone sort of like says, "Oh, Stephen Moffat can't write; he's rubbish; he should leave," they should rewatch this episode. Yeah. And just remind yourselves just how great a writer he is. Yeah, really. So, well, I think I think I'm done with that. I because I, I don't want to 
I don't even go down the road of trying to think of a negative to say about it because I just really, really enjoyed watching it again. Um, the only other thing, actually, it's just my moves. I even just when you're watching the the conversation between her and the doctor on the DVD. Yeah, it's just Martha's interruption on that as well. The other thing to mention was that he promised me adventures we could go anywhere. He goes, now I'm working in a shop to support him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the fact that the, the Doctor, she's actually having to support him was quite funny, I thought. Yeah. No, it was. It was good. There was there's so much to like in this. There really was so much to like. Uh, you know, I just can't... I can't fault it. I mean, it's three three episodes on the bounce we'll, we'll review from Series 3, and we, we just can't fault them. No. Utterly brilliant. Utterly brilliant. Yeah, we're just starting to get a bit worried, because we're actually saying we're liking stuff quite a lot now. Oh, no. Well, no, well this is... I mean, as you say, this is, that DVD of that box set has got three of the best episodes of Doctor Who ever. Yeah. Really have. Um, so, yeah. I think it's a good place to leave it, don't you? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Right, now, uh, coming up on the show next week, we're going to be bringing you our review of Light at the End. Yes. Uh, which is the Big Finish 50th Anniversary multi-Doctor story. And I suppose we better say actually now that that is going to be, as, as, as our reviews usually are, very spoiler-laden. Yes. So actually, if you haven't heard it, it might not even be worth downloading until you have, <laughs> until you have actually heard the episode. Well, we, we, do, we do try our best, don't we, to avoid spoilers. But, I mean, when it comes to sort of something like that, it, obviously we, we do it, in, the, in the, with regard to the fact that we we assume that you've already listened to it, yes, to the story itself. So, um, so that that's the basis we're going to be working on. Yeah. So there we go. So, that, so that's coming up next week. Uh, it is sort of it will be it's a pre-recorded one because we've got quite a few busy weeks coming up, haven't we? So, yeah. So um, that'll be pre-recorded. So it will be just like a, a standalone review without any news or anything like that. Uh, weekend after that, we've got the last of our uh, interviews. Uh, to come as well and then after that week and the weekend of the anniversary we're not putting an episode out no so there's nothing much happening that weekend no so not at all, not at all. Nothing, nothing happening at all yeah um no just the, the fact of we want to have a break that weekend we just want to be able to enjoy watching the sh- uh the special yeah along with everyone else not have a like a a critical head on until yeah, we want to at least get through a few watching it a couple of times without actually having to think. Now, what am I going to say about this? Indeed. So our our review of Dad the Doctor will be the weekend after, which I think will be the first of December. Yeah. So and then then after in between that and after that somehow we've got to get an our review of the last of the Destiny of the Doctor stories as well. Yeah. Um, now and the reason it's all been pre-recorded and everything is because um, I'm disappearing for a week. I'm going to be away, so uh, we're just getting things lined up ready to. Ready to go out, so um, that that's why. That's it's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of uh, change to the norm. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. So, uh, but anyway, that's that's what's coming up in the next few weeks. Then that's what's coming up. And I think obviously, um, some point we'll also do a review of Adventure in Space and Time as well. Yeah. So there's a lot to do. There's an awful lot to do. So um, we'll we'll figure it out somehow. I'm not quite sure. Really, I'm yes. not quite sure. But uh, anyway, so until next week, then. It is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye.
were listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Thank you.